The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest issue of Red Side Le Trent and Bottingham Forest drew one all of Manchester City. That's the main headline. It's the first time we've played Manchester City since October 28th in 2001, which also finished at one all draw, albeit in very different circumstances. And after many weeks of being chopped and changed at the Forest back line, we finally have a full house here. As I host Christian Brown, I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Lee Clark and Reese Lane. So we'll start, Lee, with... The Forest team, which it was it's very much like the box formation that Cooper spoke about after the Fulham game, if you remember, where it was very much like, you know, very compact, four central midfielders, very obvious what we're going to try and do. How did you find team selection? And, you know, was it something you were on board with? Is that something you expected? And sort of like, you know, we didn't have much of a choice, really, really or did, were you wanting something a bit more attacking and vibrant? No, I, 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 I definitely had sympathy with the concept of um, the personnel he picked. We just couldn't really work out who was going to play where. Um, I mean, we had we went through three different apps. Um, one had Froiler kind of playing a bit more advanced. One had Danilo playing a bit more advanced. Um, one had one actually set it up as a box, just like a, a cube of four, um, like in a rascal football manager formation. Um, so, yeah, I mean... The personnel, I think, kind of... It was almost like he couldn't really decide which midfielder to leave out, so he kind of thought, Do you know what, this might be a good game just to pick pick them all. Um, I guess the only slight surprise was perhaps that Scarpa didn't play just because of his energy. He's quite willing to get back as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally get why he did go with the four guys who, who you would feel will kind of interchange for the, the three shirts at the minute, I guess. Um I mean, it was. It, I mean, the city team was the one, wasn't it, that caused the most uh, anxiety, I guess, because, um, well, I, I think a lot of people in the pub near we were looked at the city team before the Forest team. Um, it, it was a bit daunting, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the Forest team, I think it was one of those things. I don't think I wasn't really too fussed. I think, um, didn't know, kind of struggled, didn't he, in the position he was asked to play, but. It was one of those things. I just, I guess everyone was just presuming who'd play where, but as it turned out, it was Danilo that was a little bit more advanced, and it didn't really suit him, did it? But yeah, I think the team that he picked was it was fine on the face of things. No, definitely. I think I think it was one of those rare instances. It's something that Cooper alluded to after the game. I mean, I've been, I've been very blasé about the fact that we've just drawn with possibly the best team in Europe at this moment in time. But I mean, it did Cooper did straight off afterwards that he did feel that the fans sort of accepted that. You know, this isn't going to happen every week, and this is a bit of an exceptional circumstance. You know, we are playing a team of exceptional caliber. I mean, again, you have to go through it. I mean, you don't even want to toss up the what the players cost because it was just beyond frightening. I think the only player that didn't play on against Arsenal was what maybe Mares, but it was um, 
So, you know, and they, what, scored three that night at the Emirates. So I think it was one of those where, again, it was sort of, we all sort of got it. That was fairly necessary. I mean, I think, you know, most of us have memories back to August or September when we went there with a fairly open, naive mind and got absolutely pummeled. So I think it was probably a good thing to try to shore it up a bit more and make it a bit tighter. And to be fair, largely it worked. I mean, Forrest, bar one Rodri header from the penalty spot, which he probably should have done better with, you know, Forrest for straight, they didn't, didn't do anything. You know, they had a few chances blocked. Grealish had one blocked by Worrell and, you know, and it was all going all right. And, you know, as fans, you start to believe, don't you? Like, oh, you know, maybe we might get something from this, Adam. And then, lo and behold, the 40-minute mark clocks round, they get a corner. Jack Grealish superbly picks out, uh, what's it, Bernardo Silva, who lashed it first time across the ball when it goes in. I mean, it was a brilliant goal. There's no question about that. But from a set piece, it's a bit annoying. We didn't really clear our lines properly. But what did you make of the goal and how it sort of came about? I think... Really, I think when Grealish lays it across to Bernardo Silva, I think we're in a reasonably good position to kind of stop it. I think people are a bit surprised that Bernardo Silva does take it on the first time. I th- I thought it got a deflection because it seemed to go straight down the throat of Kaylor Navas and normally he'd just gobble that up. But I think Cooper uh, reiterated to the, in the post-match that maybe it should have gone to VAR because Joe Worrell got a kick in the head within the corner. Because you see Worrell hold his head in, in the highlights, maybe he should probably make milk it a little bit more and go down in that instance. But Joe Worrell being Joe Worrell, he, he not go down unless he's actually really, really hurt. So carried on. And I think he ducks last minute out of the way almost of it because he's just been kicked in the head. So I think Navas may be a little bit unsighted. And it's unfortunate because it's... It's it was a similar sort of situation when we played United and it was just kind of bad time and almost just before half time they get that goal where they've been knocking on the door, they've been getting beyond the fullbacks quite a lot and just not quite getting the cut back and then you know, and behold they score one out from outside the box a pop shot, which in in theory I think ten times out of ten when when it's that instance and straight at Navas he he collects it, doesn't he? It's just one of those where it's just kind of bamboozled him a little bit. But it, it, it's weird to, to applaud a team off 1-0 down when they've been in the other positions half as well for maybe, what, a, a collective time of about two minutes, if that if that's being kind. I mean, we they're like a swarm of bees, aren't they, Man City? Like, you lose the ball and they're just around you like a rash. I don't understand how you can actually do anything about that unless you, like, really get out of them and, and you can pop it around them sort of thing. They just get so close to you within a matter of seconds of you of them losing the ball it's ridiculous to to watch and Guardiola is quite frankly a, a frightening genius of football isn't he I think that's something that I noticed the away game was that just how quick you don't necessarily know it when you see it when you watch it on TV just how fast City reacts to getting the ball back like they might seem slow in, in possession at times but when they lose the ball you're right it's like a swarm of bees they're, just, they're relentless and it doesn't matter what minute the game's in they just, they just swarm you and that's probably one of the, like, the keystones of their success, really. It's all well and good, like keeping the ball as beautifully as they do, but they're so aggressive getting the ball back. You know, you can't have one without the other, really. And yeah, we obviously felt that a lot in the first half. I mean, the heat map on match today was hilarious. I mean, it was just like a bright yellow bomb, like in like our six yard box, pretty much. But, you know, <laughs> only one stat that matters, ultimately, in football. But although it could have been very different, uh, Reese, as. You know, come the second half, City did seem to choose violence, and um, on another day, could have scored a number of goals. I mean, Foden went for. Are we off someone now? Foden went for one on one, and somehow chose to pass it rather than shoot, and he got swept up. Laporte had a free header from a corner, which he planted straight at Navas from about four yards out. Uh, Harland somehow hit the bar, and then the ball came to him in the follow up, and even more bizarrely, skewed that over the Bridgeford stands. And then, you know, Gundogan has a free kick, which is brilliantly safe for Navas. Um, very much like Dredrick Tatum from The Simpsons against Homer before Mo. It felt like Halon Navas was Mo Simpson in that instance where he flies Homer out the arena. Uh, what did you make? I mean, obviously, we spoke before about luck, about how the Chelsea game, especially being a prime example, that volley sort of flick on another day. Probably, if that was a Chelsea player, it felt like that would have gone out for a corner because it was Forrest to hit the bar and came to Sterling. Morgan Gibbs-White strikes the ball perfectly. It hits the bar. If that was Mason Mount, it 
strikes it less cleanly, it probably goes in. That's how it felt at that time. Do you feel we've earned a bit of luck over our last few games that maybe showed yesterday? Yeah, possibly. We definitely rode as luck, there's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, the Foden one, for starters, was probably the simplest chance he'll get all season for an assist and for Haaland to tap it in. And I think just he was as he was about to pull the trigger, he tripped over and kind of stabbed it into, but couldn't get the power. And then Felipe did really well and slid in. I mean, the Haaland miss was just mental. I mean, in the stadium, it, it didn't look as bad as it did on TV. I didn't realise how close he actually was. I mean, to actually put it over the bar, I think was actually harder, to be fair, on that one. But yeah, you you ride your luck. And it's like um, Pat Nevin said on the Five Live commentary, he was like, Forrest will get a chance. And he was like, you could just see it coming. And then we got the one chance and there's probably only a bit of really quality play all day has got us the goal. And that's, we did what we had to do. <laughs> I mean, City, like you say, uh, they, they're just a swarm of bees, don't they? And they get the ball back and you just, it's so, so tough to get it off. And I, I generally can't think of them giving it away in the first half. And and they just keep it so one and they're just frustrating, they pull you from side to side. And we just I think it's a testament really to our defending because they they've scored with a blast as well. It's not as if they've like pulled us apart. It was just a blast from the edge of the area. It was a great goal. But um no, we did what we had to do. We rode as luck at times, but and then we got that moment and we took it. And um yeah, massive point for us because I'm not going to remind you, Christian, of uh, your prediction in the last part, but um, I think... I mean, it very nearly uh, happened, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, be, being honest, you know, we all expected City to beat I think you'd have to be very brave to say City um, wouldn't beat us yesterday, but they missed the chances and we got a bit of luck and we took our chance and that was the main thing. It would have been so frustrating, wouldn't it, if we'd have not took our chance at the end. Um, so yeah, we take it or every day of the week. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, run to the hills of that one, but um, it, we did actually make another chance, Lee. I say a semi note. Um, we got a very rare chance on the counter, which came from Brandon Johnson, and maybe somewhat like you know, foreshadowed what would come later. Obviously, skips past Bernardo Silva down, obviously, right hand sides, and then cut it back to Gibbs White, who maybe has more time than he realises and just probably smack the ball up so high you probably caught it in the Trent end to be fair Trent and upper um, did you think he maybe had a bit more time than he realised there do you think that he could have done slightly better I mean obviously it's very difficult to be critical of Gibbs White because of how good he is but obviously in a game where you know, we weren't likely to have many chances did you maybe hope for a bit better composure at that moment yeah I mean when I sit on row C and it went way over me so God knows what row it did actually end up on um, <laughs> but yeah I think he <laughs> Again, not to be too critical, but I think um, he probably knows in his in his heart of hearts that he could have maybe held on to it for a little bit longer. But then us saying that, we, we've just spent the last five minutes saying how quick City closed you down. So it was one of those chances where I think we'd probably worked all week on if we do get a chance or a chance to shoot from outside the box, don't be frightened to try and sting the keeper's palms. And that's what he tried to do. It was just executed pretty poorly uh, by his standards. So... I wouldn't be too critical. I think, to be honest, I think the reason why Johnson was so hell-bent on laying it back to him in the first place was in the first half, early doors, when Johnson kind of, um, he shoulder-charged Grealish to the deck, didn't he? Um, and raced clear. And he, I think if he had a, I think he had a little bit of time to just kind of check back on himself and just see what was what. And Gibbs White, I think, looked a bit disappointed that he didn't get it on that occasion. So I think, uh, much like with Awanir the other week, uh, when he was, I can't remember who it was against now, and he was begging for one. Um, and then he passed to him against Southampton, didn't he? Obviously, in the same game, he got the, the same sort of chance. So I think he thought, you know, lightning might strike twice. And if I pass it this time, he might nestle it in the net. But sadly, it wasn't to be. And I think the stewards are still looking for the ball on the back two rows. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was the, the loft of it more than anything else. I was like, oh Christ! Like, probably come down with snow on it that one. But we will we will forgive I'm, him because he did. So, gone. 
My mate actually said, he actually said when he hit that, he says, I've been coming and sitting in this stand 20 years and I don't think I've ever seen a shot go that high into the upper tier. <laughs> so nothing against him, but I mean, we, we know he's better than that. Oh, no, I mean, to be fair to him, he did make amends, thankfully, not Absolutely. that long after Adam. As, you know, for the first, I felt like around, it's weird because Pep does his normal thing, doesn't he? He didn't doesn't make any substitutions until it's too late. And obviously, City, for the only time in the game, between around about 75 minutes to about 85 minutes, looks not leggy, but it, they didn't look as intent. They weren't as bright. It, it was the only time in the game where, you know, they felt vulnerable or looked vulnerable even. And to be fair to Forrest, and this is something that we've all like, criticised them for on this pod many times this season, that was the only time in the game we got on top of them and we scored. And that, and we've said that how important that is, like against especially against teams of that cali- caliber, and you know you, you can just sense it that like, it was building inside the ground, like you know everyone started to believe they are here, we got a chance here, and um, your favourite player who you also praised last week, Chris Wood, uh, comes on, and I must admit I, I refer back to the Luis Figo sort of thing of how you know how your game's gonna go in your first few touches. Chris Wood's first three touches were aerial duels that he won. They all found a red shirt. And which is probably three more than you won the last three games, to be fair to him. And then Johnson takes it down the right again, beats Bernardo Silva, feeds Gibbs White, beautiful ball across the box. And then there he is, joining the spot, Chris Woods. What was your uh, initial reaction when the ball went in the back of the net? And um, I screamed, at my, else. screamed yeah. at my mother, who I took to watch City, <laughs> which, was a, which was a good experience. I mean, I didn't even care who scored. It, it just... I mean, what a move. 19 passes I counted on. Someone managed to put it on Twitter. Every player touched the ball as well, which is, I mean, Cooper ball, full full flow that was, I think. Uh, Out City, City, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was strange because obviously when you watch it, like you said, Christian, City didn't press the ball whatsoever. I mean, Jack Grealish looked like he was like one of the like piggy in the middle kind of thing at, at one point when Froiler gets out to your favourite player, Nico Williams. But no, it's great move. Obviously, Johnson and Gibbs-White linking up as as usual. They were the, they're the two... Our two star boys at the moment, obviously, and, and Woods where he should be really. He's he's in the six yard box to tap home. That's his job. And we said last week, if you play him in a four four two or four two three one four three three as the central striker, that's where he's he's best at. Yesterday, when we was getting the ball long and high to him, he he did what he should be doing, which is winning the ball or bringing it down, just being an absolute nuisance. For some strange reason, that didn't happen in the first three games, and I think we was rightly critical of him. Did I write him off maybe a little bit too soon? That, that that's that's what that's football. That's people losing their heads and their opinions. And I lost my head obviously because I was just pissed off with it, especially for fifteen million. But fifteen million to score an equaliser against City that potentially helps us stay up. Well worth the money, eh? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great move, great goal. I mean, if City had scored that, they'd be waxing lyrical about it for the next two weeks, wouldn't they? So, well, yeah, nice, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think you're all right. It's one of those that much like the Johnson second goal against Leicester, where Gibbs White, the outside of the boot, assists. Again, if that's scored by someone else on a more higher scale than we are, it's sort of like gushed over endlessly. There's compilations on Sky Sports News and all sorts, but because it was Forest, it's sort of like, oh, well, it's a smash and grab. It's like, well, it's not belittle what we've done here. It's a 19 move pass. Everyone's touched the ball from an outfield perspective. Like that reminded me of the Fulham goal against. Um, you know, when Graben scores, you know, it was very similar to that, just on a much higher level against much better opposition. So it was very nice. And then, race, obviously, we got to a point in the last five minutes and it was sort of like, can we get a winner? Uh, and we sort of, sort of half believed that. And then Grealish took, grabbed the ball, beat three players and forced, I think it was a corner or a shot. And it was sort of like, actually, a point sounds very good right now. Um, what was your sort of like thought process for those last few minutes? Were you still hoping for a win or were you very happy with a point that moment in time? Yeah, when Grealish started running, he went past one of the pairs, I was like, oh my God. And it's just like as if the thing, it was like as if fucking hell, we've actually conceded here to Forest, and we actually need to step it up a gear again. But no, we defended on the whole, I thought, magnificently yesterday. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to him, but Felipe, he, he just epitomised where we've criticised um, Forest's season against the elite teams where we've shown him a bit too respect he was like I don't care if it's Erling Haaland if you want to get into um, you know a bit of a not a fight but a battle with me I'll ragdoll you about 
And to be fair as well, Warrell, I know he had a couple of nervy moments, Warrell, but he also defended really well, just heading and kicking when he needed to. Um, at the end, yeah, I mean, there was one one where it came to Gibbs Why I think he was on the halfway line. They had two players back and he could have just brought it down and ran it to me. It just oofed it clear. I think we were just we were just clinging on for a point, weren't we? And we were, I mean, God, we were the, everybody in the ground would have took that from a forest perspective at the start of the game. We were saying, like, look, we don't want another hammer into the goal difference, which it could have easily been. So yeah, um, just delighted with the point. Really, sometimes I do like to be greedy in football, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, be happy with what you've got. And a point yesterday was a cracking result, and you know, yeah, you could say could have maybe brought it down and ran at him, but I think we just probably used that much energy and you know being pulled about by City and actually then actually getting back in the game and thinking, God, we've got to concentrate again, otherwise they're gonna. Um, win it late time but no we, we did what we needed to do yesterday and um yeah it was um a a good day and yeah I mean just to touch on the atmosphere after that um wood goal was the ground was absolutely rocking. I mean I've never very very rarely do you see the whole pretty much of the ground standing up. It's usually sections and yesterday it was you know as that BBC commentary showed on the video was what circulating on Twitter it was um special yesterday. No doubt about like that. No, definitely. Oh, like I said, these are the moments that you sort of hope for when you get promoted, isn't it? You want to, yeah. you know, leave the best teams but, in the country or Europe and cities go for bloody those. It's like you don't want to stroll over and get smashed. Jack Grealish cost more than our starting eleven, I've imagined yesterday, and that's just one player. You know, that's the level. Probably more than the whole team. Yeah, I mean, people are banging on about oh, Forest has spent 150 million, blah blah. This is the levels you have to compete against. They've got one player which is like two-thirds of our money spent. That's the levels. I mean, you, you just look at... I know they got Haaland on the cheap because of the release clause, but what would he be valued at if someone was to pay 200 million, maybe, in this day and age? It's crazy. Yeah, probably. And that's crazy, the levels yeah. you have to compete with. Definitely. I mean, it does... Also, sadly, though, it does feel as if it maybe came at a slight... Not a negative, but the only negative being is that Aurier went off injured with a calf knock. And hopefully that's nothing too serious. Lod, I think Lodi as well, maybe, didn't he? I don't I think he might have an injury or is that just Yeah, he still looks off? okay coming off, to be Good. fair. Which like he didn't seem too badly. I was watching the game back, like so it was on like game of the day yesterday as well on mm. Sky. And he when it sort of came off, he looked all right. Like he didn't look mm. injured or anything like that. He just you know I don't that's know if he saw a tactical switch or anything like that. But um yeah, so but obviously Oreo coming off is a big blow. I know Obviously, I mean, probably going to have to play Williams at right back, which is a concern in its own right. But above all else, it's, you know, we saw how good Aurier was against Greenish. We've seen how important he has against Leeds game. We could kick with not so quiet. But that's going to be a big blow if he's out for a long period of time. So hopefully he's um, well, all right. Hopefully, on, you know, to add a, add a bit of balance to it. I know your opinions on Williams, Christian, and, you know, I do agree to a degree. But hopefully, you know, it gives him a chance if Aurier is injured. It gives him a kick up the backside and he can, you know, start repaying some of the, the pounds were spent on him, really. I thought he did all right when he came in yesterday. Um, Again, though, it's bit... not as a right back. He's as a defender. Yeah, he plays when he's a bit more winger, advanced. All right, yeah. Like... yeah. Well, he's got he's got so... to learn and he's got to learn, Ante, because, you know, you can't have a player who's a right back where you can only play in a five. He's, you know, got to learn to play in a four, unfortunately. That's how it is in football. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. We will. We can do. But anyway, we're going to look onto some players now, play performances. And obviously, we will start with Felipe Lee, who I think really, in terms of an outfield perspective, was definitely man of the match by a mile for me. Um, again, like Reese touched upon, you showed him no respect whatsoever, which I think is something that we needed. And he's just a colossus. Like, whether it be winning tackles, winning aerial duels, inceptions. Again, the one from the Foden pass. I mean, he was sort of caught out. And, okay, fair enough, Foden should have shot. But he was still in a position to... Fit, fix the situation if it got to that point he was there uh, you know it's his home debut what did you think of him yeah incredible um, I mean I, I confess I'd never really seen him play before well certainly not in the flesh before um, so I didn't really know what to expect but yeah he was um, he was kind of everything that I hoped a 33 year old wouldn't be if that makes sense because he, he didn't he wasn't particularly slow he wasn't um, 
it wasn't like his his understanding and his reading of the game defensively had wavered any. He was pretty good in that sense. Um, yeah, he was just he was just really really good. Um, I mean, it, it's a case of him and Warren having to be good now, isn't it? Because obviously Cooks had his appeal rejected. So, um, yeah, he was just it was just. I think the best thing he did was when I think it was when Foden tried to square it. He just got back in the nick of time, stop Harland uh, tapping in. Um, I mean, 10 clearances. I mean, to be fair to Worrell, he made 10 clearances as well yesterday. Uh, I was reading a stat. I don't think two centre-halves in a Premier League game since September have made that many between them. So it was a, it was a real effort from those two yesterday, to be fair. Um, obviously, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder with Worrell. So. But yeah, Felipe was good. Um, I suppose the only question mark on him will be at 33, whether he can put 13, 14 games together, which he's going to need to between the end of the season. Um, let's hope he can. Because, uh, I mean, on, on that performance yesterday, he was, well, he proved that he's going to be a massive player for us between now and the end of the season. No, definitely. I mean, I think we're all sort of looking forwards, maybe seeing, if it comes to fruition, of course, him and Nia Carter as a pairing. But again, the way Worrell played yesterday, complete contrast to the Fulham game. I mean, this is what sort of what's frustrating again, like when it comes to the consistency element, like you have Worrell performing as well as he did yesterday. Again, a complete colossus in Nottingham. We take him out of Nottingham, he's just different players entirely. Mm. But I know that um, I suppose yeah. Foden will remember. Foden still wears the battle scars from Felipe, doesn't he? From the uh, City <laughs> Atletico game yeah. last season, um, when he looked like Terry Butcher <laughs> with the with the blue headband on, and um, and then Felipe got sent off, didn't he? For well, that the foul was absolutely ridiculous. If you did that yeah, in the summer league, if you did that in the summer league, you'd cause an absolute, you'd cause chaos. You'd, you'd abandon your game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I don't think Foden went near him a great deal yesterday, and I think uh, he must remember that night quite fondly. I think probably, yeah. Um, Adam, obviously, it's very difficult to believe he's not skulls. Jack Colback, I thought, was tremendous yesterday. Um, again, it was like because obviously it was weird because we were letting City have a lot of touches in our penalty area, but they were never in a real position to get a shot away or do anything because like there was four men more often not surrounding them, swarming them. But the one who always seemed to be there, always there to either just put them off or get a block in or get a touch on the ball, it was Colback every single time. I just thought like it's a shame that he only had an hour in it, really. I don't know about that because of his, you know, he hasn't really been starting games much, but he was so good yesterday. And again, we're going to have to ask the question. At what point do we consider maybe a contract extension for him if he's going to keep playing to that level? Yeah, it's he went quietly about his business, didn't he? Really, like he just got his, his himself in the way. I saw a start; he did get dribbled past, so he's got the Virgil Van Dyke stamp uh, right right on his report card, obviously for that game. I just thought he he just showed his experience, didn't he? Especially from a defensive point of view, because that's what largely it was. It was just attack of v defense, but. Him, Froiler, Shelby, and Danilo to an extent all all did a job in terms of let's not dive in, let's track a runner. I mean, there were times obviously that Foden and Grealish would get behind Aurier or Lodi because th- there was just such clever movement from City to 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 like take players away or decoy a run or almost screen screen a run as well, like you would in basketball sort of thing, which is not really a foul in football still because you're not really doing anything. Um, so yeah, it was. It was good. Colbert was brilliant. I think I think anyone would get knackered after 60 minutes running around after all them players in midfield, to be fair to him. And I think Cooper did the right thing because those substitutes ended up freshening things up and ended up being a reason why we, we probably got an equaliser in the end because we had those legs in there. Like Mangala, he's done a lot of running in the last several weeks. Maybe not been at his best, but he's, he's put in the shift in. So, yeah, it's good that we've got some good midfield options. I've seen someone say about Colback getting an extension and I think it's really a difficult one because on one hand, yes, it'd be great because you want that experience. But if we stay up, then we're probably going to reinvest money into the squad and probably get a midfielder that's probably going to be better than Colback. So it's kind of, do you keep him around because it's like sentiment and you'd like him to stay? Uh, but then he's probably not going to play or do you let him go and say, Jack, we really thank you for your service. You've been absolutely brilliant, but we're not going to play you and you probably want football going into the latter years of your career. So it's one of those, it's going to be obviously a, a conversation he has to have with Cooper at the end of the day, at the end of the season, depending on what happens, isn't it? But no, he, he was brilliant. I thought he was, he was great. 
definitely. I think you're right. It's got the whole midfield sort of cohesive unit. Uh, like again, I thought you know, Freuler was, seems to be everywhere at one point. Shelby as well. Shelby was like doing a lot of the dirty work yesterday as well, which you know, very pleasing. And um, no, it was it was a very thorough professional performance in the whole midfield unit. But Colback especially were really really strong for me. And uh, we've got uh, Reese uh, Andre Ayu is someone that me and you both haven't really been particularly impressed with since he's joined the club. Or B, he's only had like. like little burst here and there and not really had a lot of chance to be in flats a lot but I thought that from a structural perspective yesterday and even in an outlet I thought I actually put a really good shift in yesterday to be fair and very much helped consolidate and get us back into the game Yeah I'd agree with that um, but shifting into when he come on I think the problem was for the Fulham game he come on he just didn't really get the ball to be honest which was um, all really involved in the game unfortunately but yeah I thought yesterday he come on and did all right. Um, I think that's probably about as far as it as far as it would go. But um, look, he's on a he's on a short term deal, isn't he? He's obviously been signed by Cooper. Cooper's worked with him before. He was very successful with him at Swansea. He's, he's obviously a player Cooper can trust because he's probably now in front of Sam Surridge in the packing order um, because Surridge hasn't gone has he the last two games. So um, yeah, if it. You know, it's a short-term deal, like I just said. If it's not cost us anything in terms of a fee, so if it helps us, gives us another option towards the end of the season, he can, you know, add his experience because he's in what is he thirty-two, thirty-three, maybe. Um, yeah, then we'll we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, he just come on and worked hard, didn't he? And that that's all you could ask yesterday against City is you know keep his discipline, work hard. You know, like Adam says, there was times when we let runners go, but you could, that's going to happen against them because they are that good. But um, overall, I don't think anybody from our perspective, a forest perspective yesterday, can walk off the pitch and think, I haven't put in a shift today. And Ayu definitely would be one of them coming off the bench. And um, yeah, just putting in a shift. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Free Softer Pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Definitely, I hope we can see more from him in the coming weeks. I'm sure he'll have. Sorry, I can't add any more. I just um, probably got lost in the euphoria at the end, and um, (laughs) I just can't remember him having. He was more like he had a few touches and that, didn't he? And um, because we were so obviously, as soon as we equalised, we was like on the back foot again, weren't we? So, um, like I said, when we oofed it up the pitch and gives like oofed, I know, just kind of concentrating on all the. the ball coming into his box every minute and us trying to edit out because it was it I thought of something Lee said when we played City away, like do you know a CDN? They're like kind of characteristically small and Rodri's absolutely huge in there. And he's there was a guy behind me yesterday who was like, Oh, he's slow as fuck, Rodri is. I was like, is he? Because he just gets around like so and even like Ruben Diaz, I think we put Johnson in like down the channel against him and Ruben Diaz had a turn of pace and he's a big broad guy as well so they're not you know they'll, they'll put themselves about as well City they're not like I know they play this fancy football and that pass and move total football but I think they can rough it up as well if they want to so um, 
So yeah, oh, no, definitely. I mean, like, we say about Rodri. Rodri's basically the second coming of Busquets. I mean, they're basically <laughs> identical. But a bit more so steroids in terms of build. <laughs> Definitely, and even like um, you know, Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz last season has been better than, in my opinion, it might be an unpopular opinion to be sort of straying somewhat from Forest, but Diaz last season has been better in an individual season than Van Dijk has at Liverpool, mm. in my opinion. Like he's he's as good, he's as quick, he's as strong. The only reason to get the recognition he does is because he's not seen at a traditional club, you know, because you know full well like you know, it's different rules for Liverpool United. Like we've seen now about Saudi bloke looking to buy United, and that's a smart investment. Yeah, when it's Newcastle and City, it's you know morally degrading for the game. Like it's it's just a, but no exceptional, exceptional. And you're you're right. Like the the pace from Diaz, like the sort of just shrug. John, it reminded me of when Spence and Van Dyke went toe to toe. Have you yeah. ever, remember that? Well, it was, it was funny very, very as well similar. because um, Gibbs White got one on one, I think, with Walker in the first half, and there was a few people around me like, "Do him," and I was like, "I don't think he's going to be able to knock it by him and do it for pace," you know. Even Mbappe um, can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean that in the World Cup was incredible, wasn't it? When Walker and Mbappe was in that race down the, the left wing, yeah, that was, that uh, it, was well. it was like oh, hundred meters fast. final yeah. race, like Usain Bolt back in the day, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for us to get it was, um, it's, it, we, we, let's be honest, we celebrated it like a win because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, the differences in contrast to the levels of player and money spent was still like miles off City um, in terms of the finance and that. And for us to get a point, you know, it was massive result for us. Yeah, it really was. And Lee, one of the persons who was very responsible for keeping that point was Kaylon Navas. And obviously, I know you're from more of a goalkeeping perspective. I mean, some of those saves are just unbelievable. Like the one, I know, one from Laporte. I mean, he sort of takes that in a very sensitive area, and just doesn't really I mean, flinch. And then obviously, the save, the save from Gundogan as well. I mean, maybe Gundogan if he's being hypercritical can maybe arrow it in the corner a bit better. But you know, he just seemed to get across his line so quickly. Navas for that, I thought, and from such close range as well. So, how did you think he played? Yeah, I think um, I think Navas has clearly had to work on his. I mean, every goalkeeper's got at that level got fantastic footwork usually. Um, but I mean, Navas is not what you'd call an uncompromising keeper in terms of his height, is he? So I think he's probably one of them that has had to work on, you know, getting to those corners a little bit quicker than some of the other keepers. Um, so yeah, I think the free kick save was a good save. Like you say, the one from Laporte. I always think with those sort of saves, it's not necessarily the initial save; it's what you kind of do afterwards. And he was still alert enough to kind of mop up the um the next effort, which was which was good. Um it was a little bit similar. I mean, it wasn't quite as emphatic on the basis that um it was just a different sort of save, but it did remind me a little bit of uh Henderson's from Van Dyke against Liverpool. Um but yeah, it it, it was good. He looks um it looks as though the, the back five worked pretty well yesterday, which to say again it's been chopped and changed quite a lot. Um, I mean, playing for the teams he's played for, he's not going to be phased, is he? It made us laugh at a little bit at one point, nothing against Joe Worrell, but I mean, in the space of a month, he's gone from kind of being used to bowling the ball out to Sergio Ramos and, and such. And now, like yesterday, there were certain times where everyone had kind of gone up the pitch and he was almost like looking at Worrell as though to say, the last two you've tried to pass have gone straight to Gundogan. I don't really want to put you through this again. Um and he kind of went long instead. So I think he has got that kind of know-how to, you know, when to take a player out of the limelight and maybe not give him the ball, even if it's what Cooper wants him to do sort of thing. So he'll be, he's another one that's going to be a massive player for us. And and yeah, he's, I mean, I've seen people afterwards saying that the goal might have been his fault. I mean, Michael Dawson was critical of him on Soccer Saturday. I mean, it just, from the moment it, it, Bernardo Silva's foot, it was in the net from where I was sat. So... I get it was a little bit central, but I think sometimes we're too quick to just presume that a keeper should be saving that. And I think that was very harsh from some people. No, I'd agree with that as well. Like it's sort of it's almost like he's sort of like somewhat wrong footed and tries to correct it by that point it's in the net. He can't really mm. do a lot, like it's a flaming arm at that point. But no, it's it's still bizarre to see him in the net, to be honest. Like I think like um I already touched on before, I think if you look at the whole back line, like you've got like Ran Loddy, like Champions League. Man of the match in a knockout game. You've got, you know, Felipe, you've got the Champions League finalists, you've got Serge Aurier, Champions League semi finalists, Navas, you know, three time winner, you've got Joe Worrell there as well. And like, it's a very sort of weird, sort of like, you know, 
confusion, if you like, of players. But he's earned the right to be there, absolutely. And again, like hopefully, he can take sort of. Uh, influence I thought because, I thought actually the best yeah. the best chant to the City fans was Kaylor Navas's one more than you. I think <laughs> when we play City, City, I mean, <laughs> friend of the show and guest last week, Rob Natalie tweeted before and kind of implying that as soon as the game kicks off, you guarantee we'll sing Champions of Europe. You've never sung that. I, I, I might get pelters for this on social media, but th- there's no song that embarrasses me more when we sing that to a team <laughs> against Man City like Man City. I mean, come on! Of all the, t- I get it against Arsenal because it drives them nuts. Tottenham again, but Manchester City seriously. I mean, come on! They could win it this year. They they were in a final two they years. Probably ago. will. They probably will. I mean, yeah, yeah. Be a bit more. What I'm saying is, be a bit more creative. And the one, the one about Navas, you know, it it made me laugh. So fair play to the fans for it. Did, did did you not enjoy the you're just a shit Jack Cole back to Kevin? Yeah, De I like that one. I like stuff like that. There was plenty. I mean, I, I thought that was quite funny. I mean, plenty, De Bruyne did not have his shooting boots. He on. was fucking bit. shocking yesterday. De Bruyne, he must have seven, shanked I think about. seven shots. He put yeah, wide. I think yeah. he put one straight at Navas, which was a bit of a P roller. Everyone else just shanked wide. I was like, Sofa score gave De Bruyne the man of the match. What? And op, 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 <laughs> that's based on Optus stats. That is. Jesus. What? Six, shots, off, what was the, um, six shots off target. Yeah. I don't know who was on my stream. I think it might be Stephen Warnock. But he was saying, like, so after the first two, he was like, oh, the third one, I back up the score the third one. And that was fucking a mile wide as well. That's what I was, I was like. like oh, we'll, we'll get the fourth one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dare say to Emma, I was like, I'm not saying it. She's like, well, I was like, I'm not saying he's playing shit because he's just going to ping one in the top corner. Do you know when, obviously, Gundogan had the free kick, he took it. I thought De Bruyne was going to take it. I thought you yeah, were just flying to the that, top yeah. corner. Yeah, he had a bit of a stink. No, I thought, um, apart from that cross to Rodri, he was very quiet, De Bruyne. Mm. Harlan was quiet as well. He was ahead of a ball, to be fair. Mm. Hey, sorry? Harlan was quiet as well. I yeah. Know his, well, I know he had the chance, but fucking hell. Anyway, Adam, obviously one person who maybe, admittedly, it was difficult, he's thrown into the deep end, but uh, we mentioned Danilo. Obviously, very, again, put a shift in. Can't fault his effort or work rate. I felt he was really unlucky. There was one chance he had where you know, he tried to put a ball across Across the box with his left foot, and he just didn't quite get the angle on it. He went straight to Edison, but he was in, the, he was in a position to put maybe Johnson or Gibbs White in with a tap in. Then, how do you think he played? I know, obviously, again, not most it was a bit, a bit bad for him, really, because the Leeds game wasn't right for him in terms of that was just a frenetic battle rather than a technical sort of showcase. And yes, they were done the ball, so but I know, obviously, given the benefit of doubt, etc. But how did you feel that Nello played personally? I thought he found it tough, just like majority. Well, not majority of them, but like a few players did. I think he tried and he tried his best, but sometimes it looked like he may be chasing chasing shadows a little bit. I think he is still adjusting to the pace of the Premier League and and the fitness of it all. Because I thought by the end of the first half he looked cream crackered. I thought he, I generally thought there'd be a substitution at half time and him coming off. To be honest, because he just <laughs> he looked like he'd run himself into the ground, bless him, sort of thing. But I do think there is a good player in there because he does show a few glimpses. I think there's just some naivety as he's a 21-year-old. I do think he will come good because we have seen some glimpses of him of him being a good player. I think it's just going to take a little bit more time, just, just like it would for Scarpa, because even Scarpa is technically a very good player as well. But just the pace, I think, catches catches people out from the from the other continent sort of thing when they come unless they're exceptionally good Joe like I don't know like a Neymar kind of thing and you take it like a duck to water sort of thing. But uh yeah I thought I thought he was probably our weakest player yesterday. But in but like to put that in a but being as nice as possible, he yeah, he was probably our weakest player. But not not from a fault of his own or trying or anything. I think it was just the, the the opposition we was playing and and what he was able to do when he actually got on the ball, which was not a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, I felt bad for him in that regards. Really, I mean, I'm sure like we we've seen how good he can be. Like again, like that first leg against United was outstanding. I thought the hour he has, and obviously looking against Bournemouth as well. So we know he can do it. It's just again, you have to remember he's very young. You know, he's, like I said, it's a new environment, new league, new everything. So he's going to adapt and take time. I do believe he will do that but yeah I was pleased we came it was very rough school yesterday and last but not least Reese, uh look at Morgan Gibbs White again um I just thought we're at a point now where it just seems that it doesn't matter who we play it could be anyone generally anyone 
it just seems that at some point in the game he'll do something, one action that just makes the whole crowd just go wild. And obviously yesterday that was the assist for Woods, but again, how did you think he played yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> it's just we didn't see much of the ball, and obviously Morgan's best attribute is when he's on the ball, isn't he? But um, the good players pick the moments. That's where, you know, a, the good players can do absolutely nothing all game, and then that one moment they can produce, and that's what Morgan gives White did yesterday because that ball was to perfection. And to as, as well, to be fair, some credit, a lot of credit actually goes to Brennan Johnson because that was a fabulous run because he, he dropped the shoulder uh, I think it was on Bernardo Silva on to, and that made the pathway to allow that move to happen so that was superb from him and that like little one-two between him and Gibbs White and it was just a perfect move wasn't it from us what we've all wanted um, Gibbs White's put that ball across and Chris Wood like Adam said earlier is in the centre to turn it in but obviously for Morgan it wasn't his ideal game yesterday because like I said he wants to get on the ball as much as he can but um, the one real moment he did have he produced and that's all you can ask for, produced an assist. And I mean, is it, he must have quite, must have maybe five now, something like that, maybe. Five assists now, this season. Yeah. Really, he should be on 10. Yeah. Really finishing with yeah. criminal, so, really. He, people of his age and as, of Brennan Johnson's age as well, you just look in as the seasons go on for improvement season on season or as the months go on, really. This season would have been his first season in the Prem. And I think it's fair to say, Morgan is definitely improving and that's all you can kind of ask for as a young player. Just keep on improving and keep on, you know, when that when you get a moment producing the goods and he's done that yesterday. But um, that that Johnson and Gibbs White combination, especially at home, you know, that's proven to be honest, is could be a major asset while we stop in this league for sure. Because why is it not eight unbeaten in the Premier League at home? I mean at home, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is quite something. Yeah, and when you look at some of the teams we've kind of got to come as well in terms of around us, yeah, that's going to be massive for us um, come end of the season. But um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just for a psychological boost as well, above all else. I mean, mm. if you can go from a goal down against the best team, arguably, in Europe... And just stay and in the game as well, I think. Something, yeah. Like, that's that's surely got to give you, like, confidence. Like, you, they shouldn't have any fear now facing anyone at home this season. No. Or you... away either, because, you know, again, we'll obviously come on to our predictions, but, like, they should be looking at West Ham and thinking, okay, like, you could couple all the teams we've got away from home to play, and uh, I include Chelsea and Liverpool now. You could put together a first eleven, including everyone. It still probably wouldn't be as good as Cities, mm. arguably. So, you know, they've got to take confidence from this, because that's a huge psychological boost like that yesterday like it would be very easy to roll over and die it would be very easy to get smacked like we have done several times this season like yeah I think like well, stay in the game and get something from it yeah especially when we conceded the goal just before half time because I was like saying look let's just get to half time at nil nil regroup and you know but and then to concede you kind of was like you know like I put in chat yeah you start I getting hope thought, ah, as well. it's like game over now you know what I mean I just didn't because we literally had none of the ball I was just like I just thought City were going to come out maybe second. And to be fair, they should have done, let's be honest. Like we've mentioned, they should have put us to the sword and they didn't, but um, that's not our problem. So, so yeah, hope, hopefully. I mean, at home, we've said, haven't we, for quite a while now, at home, we believe, I think we can be, it will stay in games against pretty much anyone or have periods of games when we're really good, like we did against United in the Cup. I know the result was poor, but it's just away from home. I mean, we'll... And this is what I said if it was on the last pod. We'll see where we are away from home next week because that's a massive game. And to be fair, the pressure's on West Ham massively for that game. Big time. Obviously, we'll come on that G course, but Yeah, it could. Yeah. If we if win that game, us, yeah. we always could get sacked yeah. at the moment in time. Yeah. yeah. Totally also coming out a bit more depth. I mean, just before we hop on to that, I mean, I think it was testament, I say testament loosely, as to how we frustrated City that one of the key talking points in the game was when um, Harlan got in behind Morrill. And with very, very minimal contact on his shoulder, dropped to the floor, rolled over like he'd been shot. Pep went mental, ran on the pitch. Uh, Simon Grayson esque, if you remember that, against Leeds, remember that we went away and Chris yeah, Cohen made that challenge. Yeah. Went card for it. Yeah. And, um, but this time, the referee was having none of it. Obviously, told Harlan to get up. Um, VAR had a very quick look and very quickly said no. And Pep got booked. I mean, I want to ask all your thoughts on this. For me, absolutely not a penalty. 
and Harlan's very lucky not to get booked for simulation. So we'll, we'll go around. So Lee, we'll start with you. What do you think? Um, no, definitely not a foul. I mean, do you know what? I think Manchester City are quality. And to be there yesterday and witness that team, if we get relegated, which I hope we don't, at least we got to see that team. And I don't mean that in a happy, clappy sense. I just mean we'll remember the day that we took a point off a team that good. But the one thing that really riles me with Man City, now, it wasn't the first time I've seen it yesterday. In the first minute, I think Haaland went down in the box. First four minutes, I think it was. The ref didn't give anything. And within a click of the fingers, he's got eight players around him. Why does Pep Guardiola get his players to do that? And then he wonders why the officials give him absolutely fuck all. I mean, how not to set a referee up for, for the whole game? Eight players, it was just embarrassing. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I mean... That one was embarrassing. The one later on from Ireland, it was just, I mean, if if ref, if officials are going to be giving free kicks for that, then they'll give 600 a game because it's just normal contact. People are saying, oh, watch his arm. Watch his arm do what? It, yeah, it touches him. Does it, does it pull him down to the extent where Ireland drops to the floor like that? No. Football remains a contact sport. There was a little bit of contact. Was that contact enough to make Ireland fall over like that? No. Move on. Adam, what about you? I I don't think there's much more I can add to it, but except, I mean, Harlan's through on goal. Why does he need to go down? That like he's like the I've I watched him run through Saliba last week or midweek or, or what him or Gabriel. I can't remember which one it is. I I don't think Both. he's got. Yeah, I don't think he's really got a problem with his with his strength, but his legs seem to buckle. Like I don't know, it was very strange. But um, I think that was like probably the only mistake. We made really all game that, like, especially for from a defensive point of view, in terms of Felipe and Warrell. I thought they didn't really put a foot wrong other than than that one little blip where he let the ball bounce, and and you just can't do that against anyone in in any division, in my in my opinion. But yeah, no, it was I. I immediately got out of my seat and told the 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 big robot to get up. And <laughs> um, Reese, finally, what about you? Yeah, just to touch on Lee's point, the, I mean, the reason why the crowd around the referee is intimidation, isn't it? You know, Alex Ferguson's teams were, well, the they used to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah notorious oh, is where I, I'm looking I get for. the reason. I just think mm. it's, it's it absolutely stinks. And I think mm. it, it, my, my gripe with it is that abuse, again, it's a completely different subject. I'm going off on a tangent, but abuse at grassroots level on referees is getting worse. And it's because of shit like that. Yeah, and I maintain that. And until the FA nip it in the bud at the top level, grassroots referees, you may as well forget it because it will just keep happening because it's it's normal. It's what it's what my team that I support on a Saturday: Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Forest are probably guilty of it. But it, that that's why it pisses me off so much. And furthermore, Guardiola getting his card for practically manhandling the he could, he could have seen red for that. The fourth official. What, why does a fourth official have to stand there and take that? Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I, Big six I, bias. I don't, I don't see the point in players doing it anymore because exactly. you've got the technology. If they're going to give it, they'll give it. So what's it's, the point? It's just stupid. And I, 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 I also, I just never understand why people do it because four minutes in, it, a team's done that to you. It, a referee is head, and I don't care what you say. They will think fuck a lot of you. You'll get fuck all of me. All the fifty-fifty ones will go the other way. Do, do like you some. Sorry, um, Adam, do you feel that some refs would maybe go under a little bit, though, Lee, from their perspective of if we get t- intimidated? Well, do you know what? Interestingly, I've just said that at top level where there's VAR, it wouldn't happen like that because obviously mm. it'd get checked anyway. Like you say, they probably think by doing that, the next one, if it is close, VAR will have a look. Oh, yeah, go on, give them that. Again, I'm not saying it always works like that, but sometimes it that might be the common, that might be the thought process with the player, mm. I think. Yeah, so I think you're probably right there. I think I think you know going back to like the touchline antics and that you know we all, I love to see passionate managers and that on the touchline but there is a line but they they get away with it too much there was like I was watching Arsenal City midweek Grealish had the ball on the byline and literally Arteta was like stood next to him he could have tackled him you know what I mean <laughs> like you shouldn't be that close and it's but get away with it and you know and just to touch on the, the referee as well you know I'm I'm not going to say City and say I'm a fan of refs because I'm not but it, it is a tough job I get at but I thought the ref was very good yesterday Um, it would have been so easy for him as we've just discussed once City's players got round him for him to wilt a little bit and start giving them decisions there was a couple of times where Grealish went down which he did give but there was also a couple of times he didn't give Harlem the same I think Arlen 
chucked himself on the floor because he was probably frustrated yesterday. I think that was after the Foden one two one it which as a striker you'd probably be raging you've not tapped that in because he should have passed that quicker. But um no I thought the ref was good yesterday and it was actually as much as I admire Pep Guardiola, you know, it was actually funny to see a ref go over and actually book him and put him in his place really. Um yeah, so um, fair play to the ref yesterday because he, he could have easily have given City a get-out-of-jail-free card because it was under the cosh a little bit. Yeah, I think there's a thin line between like being passionate and being Nathan Jones yeah. and the type side, and Pep certainly strayed into that latter element yesterday. But um, moving on to Select on Thoughts. So, again, we got many, so thank you again for getting them in. So we'll go through, obviously, last week's president guest, Robert Nettle, said dug in and rewarded with a well-earned point. Felipe a standout, but to a man, extra performance from all in red today. Come on, you Reds. David Bullen, atmosphere, togetherness, grit, luck, amazing. It felt like a win. Really feel when we get on the ball. Passing the final third looks dangerous. It could be a massive turning point for us. Thomas Newton, who is also part of a rival podcast, but we're all friends here, said, uh, thought we would get hurt, but our home form is unbelievable. And 19 passes for our goal. Not enough we said about that. Away from Nottingham, also not also away from Nottingham, but that was a special goal against a special team, buzzing for West Ham next week. Back Garibaldi nerd said the connection between uh, Gibbs White and Brennan is more incredible game. Oh, sorry, more incredible game by game. It's a full stop in there. It's, it's threw me off. Uh, Wood with a huge boost for his own confidence and hopefully the fans back him to the hilt from now on, so we can see more of the same. Fifteen points from fifteen games for Magic Forty. It's going to be tight this year. That might be right. It is. Is that? So let's have a look. Uh, so Elliot says, arguably the most celebrated point since the Stoke 2 of last year. Not about that. It was Sam, my buddy. He's an with Jaggy Olka. Uh, Felipe and Warren were both excellent. Very pro display for the midfield. Navas is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen live and kept us in it. Don't care much who plays anymore. Just keep us in this league. Abdul on the moon, the man after Adam's heart. Or woman, who knows. Uh, superb second half display. That's how you use Woods. Last 20 to 30 minutes when you need a different option. Once we started playing direct into him it allowed us to break their press much more easily Navas or Felipe man of the match for me Kev says road our luck but Cooper has set us well set up in a low block his game plan worked atmosphere was incredible and that level of support is needed in every home game not just against the top six staying up Martin says what a performance everyone worked their knackers off that's what happens when you stay in the game and last but no means least John says outstanding result Navas and War here saving that header with his unmentionables. Felipe and Morrill, brilliant. City's goal should have been slow, but a clear kick to Morrill's head. Call me a cynic, but if that was the other way around, VAR would have been all over it. Very interesting take of theirs. Anyway, thank you all for getting in touch with us and sharing your opinions. It's greatly appreciated, especially after what was a pretty momentous point for us as well as a club. Hopefully a turning point moving forwards. And moving forwards, we're now on to somewhat a big task, really, of playing West Ham United away. Obviously, they lost 2-0 today away at Tottenham, which leaves them 18th in the league. So, as the league table is set, because everyone's played, there was no Monday night game. So, we are we are remaining 13th, because Leicester got smacked by United earlier. And West Ham are 18th, just five points behind us, which does make this something of a bit of a key game. So, Lee, for our trip to Stratford, how do you reckon we're going to get on? Um... It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, our away form's got to improve. Um, it will be a tough game, but what a massive opportunity, though, to put a bit more, given the situation they're in. I can't remember who it was we played. It might be when we played Southampton, actually, and we all said on this podcast that scoring first would be absolutely pivotal. If we score first at the London Stadium, the atmosphere will be absolutely toxic. Um it's difficult. Every game in this league, they've got players who are going to hurt you. I think I'm going to stick with being optimistic. And I think we're going to win. Um, yeah, I think we're going to win. I'm going to go for let's go for a goal scoring win. 3 2, last minute. Um, Lingard. Jesse Lingard, if he's fit. I yeah. Alex Hedrock's head would fall clean off into the fucking Thames if Lingard scores a win against that lot. <laughs> no, I, I do. In all seriousness, I do think there'll be goals. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with the win. Um, yeah, I'll go with three two. I, I don't think Lingard will be fit, but um, yeah, why not? I think I, there's going to come a point where away from home, Cooper thinks, "Fuck it, let's just we'll we'll go for it." And I'm not saying we've not gone for it in other games, but we've kind of been a little bit 
reactive almost. In, yeah, like reactive yeah. in the sense of we've played nice football when we're one nil down, and Cooper keeps saying he's pissed off with that. There's going to come a point, I think, where the shackles come off, and I think it might be on Saturday. I think we'll look at their league position and think, score first, get the crowd on their side uh, against them, and see, you know, build a platform from there. And I think, I think we might win. Nice, Adam. What about you? Tough game. I think it's going to be a different game from the one we played at home, especially personnel-wise. I think more or less the, nearly the whole eleven will be different, won't it? So that's that'll be interesting. If West Ham are going through, obviously a very tricky period, but they've got players that can can definitely hurt us. But so if we so, I expect it to be maybe West Ham have, have a bit more of the ball, but we look to be on the counter and hopefully a little bit more braver than we were against Fulham in the first half to actually give ourselves a platform. I think the longer the game goes where West Ham don't score, I think their crowd will turn on them. Never mind if, it's, if we score, Lee. So, yeah, I think if we can hold it out nil-nil till like 60th minute and then almost turn it on and, and nick, nick a winner, I've, I'm I'm all for that. So I'm going to I'm gonna say we'll, we'll win 1-0, hopefully. Um, I'm going to be positive. Um, don't care who scores. It can be bloody kit man for all I care. Terry out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. And race with you? Um, it's definitely one of them games where it's a must-not-lose game for us, in my opinion, because it's a the six-pointer into a cliche six-pointer. Um, <laughs> what does interest me about West Ham is with the money they've spent and where they had been last season, where they did brilliantly to get into Europe and as far as it went, I, because David Moyes is like quite friendly with Jim White, he doesn't seem to get as much pressure as all the other managers. But, but you know, they're in the bottom three and he's probably lucky, really, still in the job, in my opinion. And like we said, Christian, if he, if he was to lose against us and that's no disrespect to us, then he's surely staring down the barrel of getting the sack. Um, I'm just having a look at their home form. You know, they beat Everton when they was absolute joke, weren't they, under Lampard? They obviously drew against Chelsea, where, in my opinion, they should have got a penalty Chelsea. I think they had two goals disallowed for VAR. Um, but... Um, Oh, it's a tough one. I'm I'm kind of torn a bit. Um, and Lee's probably right. The first goal is vital, but I'm going to go in the middle and sit on the fence and say it'll be a one-one draw, which I'd be pretty content with. To be honest, I just don't. <laughs> it's just like I said, it's just one game. You just don't want to go there and lose because then we've got them at arms. Then five points away, they beat us within a win of going above you. Whereas if you draw. There's still kind of two wins behind you, so yeah. As if it, I mean, if we can win, fantastic. But um, we'll see what happens. But I think the pressure is going to be massively on them. Let's see if they stand up to the task. Let's see if their hundred and twenty million pound central midfielder can stand up to the task. Um, because he was getting a bit pissed off on today, bless him, Declan. At the end, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, they're going to have a reaction, I think, from obviously losing what is a derby game for them to Spurs. Yeah. But I mean. It's you are right in what you said. It's it's not just talk sport either. It's across the board. Like, I mean, it it feels weird that there are certain managers, whether it's because they're British or not, they are somewhat more protected than others. And like you know, there's same with a Potter really at Chelsea. I mean, to lose yesterday at Southampton is inexcusable. Mm. Like, I mean, no matter how much you want to believe in the project, I mean, there's a team at the bottom of the league about a manager that got Stamford Bridge and won. So mm. I mean, but you can't. It's weird with Moyes. It's like you see pundits blaming the players and that kind of thing. It's like. They spent a hundred million pounds on these players, and like like I said, the Europa League semi finalists last season came seventh in the Prem. So what's gone wrong? Like, but you can't by logic like praise a manager and saying, "Oh, he's doing really well with them," and then you say, "Oh, it's the players when it goes poorly." It's very clearly something more doing isn't working. Mm. Hopefully, we can exploit that because I am actually going to be somewhat optimistic and think we can win one nil. And whether that gets more to sack or not, I don't know because. Much like with Leeds and Southampton, who still haven't got a manager, there's not a lot out there apart from Lampard yeah, and Gerard. That's Gerard. the problem, isn't they? That's I basically think... admitting relegation by yeah. any of them two. So, I mean, but yeah, I reckon we'll win one nil. I think, I think we're, we're going with the bus seat. I think rather than the yellow kit, and um, I, I reckon we'll frustrate. I reckon we'll hit them on the counter, and yeah, we'll get a goal. I, I can see Johnston gives White causing a problem. And yeah, it's it could be quite a tasty one for you getting out with a lot of 
very angry West Ham fans around you. But <laughs> According to 365, we are in a yellow kit. I just had a look at that. Oh, so they produce a kit, so we are in yellow, according to them. But I don't know whether that will be true or not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But fingers and toes crossed that we can get a win from that, because that would be huge, absolutely huge. Like, uh, uh, but again, it's all about psychological lifts of getting this. I mean, that would be like colossal. Like a win away from home against a team in the bottom three. That would be, you know... You start looking upwards rather than down at that point. With, as well, your next game being Everton at home. Everton at home, yeah. So, you know, yeah. coming into a bit of a mini sort of big period for the club. But all we can do is look forward to that. In the meantime, uh, celebrate and enjoy the fact that Forest have managed to secure a point against over the best team in Europe in Manchester City. And hopefully we get a chance to do it all again next year. Anyway, until then, come on you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com.